the truth. Bingo! You are now listening to the facts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. I'm sitting here with my right-hand man, Jake Galley. We got Stat Matt over there crunching numbers. Jewel Schmitz is also with us back from her dinner last week. I hope she brought me some food, but we'll check in with her a little bit later for her weekly wrap-up. So let's get right into it. How are we doing, guys? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. You're probably feeling really good after that Sixers win yeah, last Sixers night. Yeah, Sixers finally shut the national media up for at least a couple games. I don't know. They don't play again until after, obviously, the All-Star break, so... We're safe from the trolls, Matt. We're safe from the Boston media mafia for now. Yeah, until you go on the road against like the Hornets or something and lose, and then we're all. Then we're back yeah, but that's not one, until right? like eight, nine days from now. So I'm all good. <laughs> you got a good week to breathe, huh? All right, let's get into it. Here comes a fact straight at you. Since moving back from in, since coming back from injury, excuse me, Zion has had the seventh best defensive rating among players with at least 25 minutes played per game at 100.6, and has gotten the Pelicans 4.5 games back of that eight seed. Are the Pelicans really a team to be excited for in the second half of the season? Of course. Season? I mean, like Zion has made them. This isn't this isn't fool's gold though. This no. isn't just because a momentum of him coming back off of injury. Like, it could be a little bit of that, but I also think like you watch them. They're solid man that they got stacked through that anthony davis trade i mean they're deep they have a, a lot of young guys too and then they mix in the jj reddicks brandon ingram's a burgeoning star uh drew holiday's like a hardened veteran like they have a very competitive if they were in the east they'd be like the four or five seed seriously i seriously uh, think that. yeah i mean it's it's crazy what i was very surprised to see is when i when zion came back i thought it was going to diminish the play of a lot of people i thought it was going to diminish the play of brandon ingram i thought it was going to diminish the play of lonzo ball uh, i thought it was going to take the ball out of drew holiday's hands and it, it hasn't like he they have really been able to kind of mesh him in with what the offense is doing and you know it's really surprising and they're not only doing that but they're having success while doing that and you know that's that's just good to see i'm glad zion came back as a good Zion and didn't come back struggling yeah he looks amazing and like just not even like forget like maybe four and a half games with about what i have like 30 30 some games 30 some games to play like that's kind of a lot of ground to make up uh i think the there would have to be some teams above them that start to really slide for that to happen but just in terms of overall excitement like zion's one of my favorite becoming one of my favorite players to watch and if you go back to his college days must see tv he was must see tv there was also there was a chart that i found from vivid seats about like the average price of uh home games and then the average price of home games and this is for opposing teams when zion came to play most notably for unc the average price of any other ticket was 70 dollars to go see a unc game when it's Duke UNC with Zion in the building, the average ticket was $991. It's like, like you're going what? to see the Super Bowl. Like, what? That's like a regular college basketball then game. Then Zion busted his shoe. And he yeah. wasn't even in the game. That was, even, look, that's highway he robbery. Was, but. He was in the game for 12 seconds, <laughs> and you paid upwards of $900 to go see him. Obama came. That, <laughs> yeah. Right, that, that's all you need to know about how much of a draw Zion is. But but that plays into the excitement factor. Like People got to realize, when we say teams to be excited for in the second half, it's not the cookie-cutter question of who's going to be the best team you know, in the second half of the season we could sit here and and you know say the lakers and the clippers and the, and the the bucks till we're blue in the face but i'm talking about sure excitement who am i tuned in for for the pelicans to make an eight seed i'm tuned in for that this is a team that was destined for the lottery again now all of 
a sudden they have an all-star in Brandon Ingram and then one of the fastest rising rookies of Zion who's like I believe is second in the rookie ladder right now which is ridiculous which is insane like nine he games like played jumped right in there because of how effective he's been yeah and if you go through his stats he's second in offensive rebounding percentage uh in terms of again the 25 minutes per game cap he leads the league in second chance points and his third in points in the paint the only two people ahead of him are Giannis and Montrell and I and I think that's very important to point out Montrez excuse me Mont- yeah you come on man the L the silent. Z and the L. It's, it's like silent. I always pick the wrong one. <laughs> it shouldn't be spelled like that. Trez, come get him. Wilmington, Delaware, yeah, 99.5 WJBR. Come get him. Because this is not by it's 30. Not the, by 30. Not the first time I'm taking a timeout. By 30. Because <laughs> Jake and I used to be on a show called Trust the Process Live. I'm still on it by my new Philly. Shout out them. And we had a guest coming on uh, in... <laughs> Oh, it's so Seth bad. Joyner, old Eagles linebacker, Seth legend, Joyner. Legend. Legend, Seth Joyner. Jake is in, introducing him and calls him, who do you call him? Seth Myers, Seth the tiny Myers, little comedian. white boy, like late night host, comedian. Ah, <laughs> like, that's hyper cringe. And there's no way, there was no way around it. So I, I tell that anecdote I, because that's not the that's not the first time you've done that. I'm not I'm not Howard Eskin bad. I don't call Andrew McCutcheon Lawrence uh, McCutcheon or whatever he calls. Uh, that's pretty close. A, a veteran move for Jake to just throw somebody else out of the bus. I'm, I'm very sad. Although, you, that was the rip Eskin had to, Eskin had to write and tweet it out. You just like Eskin, on the fly. And I, up. and I bet Eskin got the red squiggly line under it when he did it too. So there's just no, there's no excuse. <laughs> but <laughs> going back, I forget what my point was actually going to be after going on that tangent. Mon- Montrez. Montrez, yes. And what what is exciting to see about Zion when we talk about his points in the paint and his second chance points is a lot of people are looking at how small he was. Like he's only six 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 seven. Like is he really going to be able to to contend with the big men in the league? And I think those yes. two stats, <laughs> like easily easy question to answer. Those two stats say yes. Not only is he like third in points in the paint behind. The MVP and one of the most improved players in the league, but that second chance points, that's huge. Like on his missed shots, I saw some stat of of the 34 missed shots, the first 34 missed shots of his career, he rebounded like 26 of them. Like his his ability to go get an offensive rebound is, it, it was second to none in college, and it looks like it's well, third to none now. You and, know who he reminds me of? And, well, and first of all, I'll actually let you. Who, do, who does he remind you of? What former NBA great? Charles Barkley. Yeah, like like a no, spinning, no, no, like, like no, a, like no doubt about Charles Barkley. A thicker, which is funny to say, because Charles ended up being pretty thick mm. in in the interim. He was a little skinny, but a thicker, more athletic, more explosive Charles Barkley, which is terrifying, mm-hmm. especially in this NBA where those guys are empowered to shoot threes. And really, it's okay if he's running the five for his team. That's okay. They yeah. can survive that I mean, way. All, all you got to do is look at how you know NBA, you know current NBA greats are looking at him after. Um, you know, after he played, after he played the Trailblazers the last game, Carmelo looked at him and got interviewed. But you know, asked about them, and he said, I- "I've never." Carmelo's been in the league for what seventeen years. He's like, "I've never seen someone like bless you, Matt." I thought he was about to sneeze. I- I've never seen someone like Zion. The combination of power and agility, the uh, his ability to get off the floor quickly. He said he's never seen anything like it before. Like I really hope. One, his athleticism doesn't go anywhere anytime soon. And when it does, his technicality picks up. Because, I mean, athleticism kind of dies down. But he's got that, like, basket awareness. His presence inside is so above, you know, his his age. Yeah, and just to put a bow on all of this and kind of 
prove our points here. He's the third rookie ever to average 28 points and 10 rebounds per 36 minutes. The other two, Wilt Chamberlain and Joel Embiid, meaning he'll eventually be a sixer. That's what that means. Uh, <laughs> and then the other one is... I hate God. <laughs> God. Even though I know it's a joke. Even though I know it's a joke, like those little sidebar things that you have to say, like it's like nails on a chalkboard to me. Like it really makes my sc- spine crawl. So I do it. So I do it. I'm good. I'm good at what I do, James. But Jesus. the last stat I'll say is 20 plus points per game on 50 percent shooting in fr- in his first nine career games over the last 36 seasons. The only other people to do that are Grant Hill, Shaq, David Robinson, and Michael Jordan. That's pretty good company. To I keep. mean, it's just when you look at what Zion's doing, he's only doing things that NBA Hall of Famers have been able to do. And so it just speaks to the trajectory of his career. So answering overall statement, like the Pelicans are, are a team to at least be excited for. If they get into that eight spot, like I give them so much credit if they get into that eight spot. Yeah, 100%. And I, I know I don't want to trigger you with this transition, but the other team, and this is totally unbiased that I think everyone should be excited for, is the Philadelphia 76ers. Because right now they are way below where they should be. You know why I'm not you know why I'm not mad at you saying that? Because I can take the connotation of exciting and turn it to like you don't know what Sixers team you're gonna get. Like this is a roller roller coasters are right, exciting, it's exciting right? for you because they could blow up and you would you would relish in roller in coasters that. are exciting, right? You yeah, yeah. you're excited to be on a roller coaster to go down and then up and then not know where you're gonna go down again and then go mm-hmm. back up and then spin sideways and turn upside down and you know but you might throw up, you might lose your keys. Like it <laughs> sounds like the Sixers. It sounds season. like yeah. it sounds like being a part of the Philadelphia Seventies. Okay, so I'm not <laughs> mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. Um, but before we get into the statistics, which we like to do, uh, I think that something that obviously popped up on social media all over talk radio was Joel Embiid telling his own fans to shut the fuck up uh clear as day right clear as right day. and here's the thing this isn't a problem in 1990 you know in the 90s 70s 80s but it's not a problem because you don't have social media you don't have cameras everywhere okay, yeah, cameras can't everywhere. get away with that today you want to tell me Charles Barkley didn't tell his fans to shut the no, fuck up no he said up much worse he said much <laughs> worse but they didn't have social media to put pump it out all over the place but I, I just think the reaction has been a little bit ridiculous to this by the national media also by local local radio I, it's my job at radio.com to kind of patrol um, the airwaves listen to 94.1 a lot and I hear when he says this that he is a goner to Miami obviously there is a part on Instagram I don't know if you saw this right, so with him and Jimmy going back and forth yeah he says uh, you know he puts out the Batman quote neither die here or live long enough to self- see yourself become a villain Jimmy Butler says I know a place where villains are welcome Miami but here's the thing was Jimmy Butler talking about Miami yeah I don't know it's kind of weird because Embiid's comment said for sure my brother and I don't think Embiid's in a hurry damn to right, leave. Yeah. damn right my brother I don't think Embiid's in a hurry to leave Philadelphia like I think Embiid was kind of thinking that Jimmy Butler was like dog you're in a city that embraces like those kind of people embrace that you are I that i mean miami's also that pl- that place i would say he's probably inferring about miami but like here's the thing like bam out is probably sitting there like uh uh jimmy <laughs> hey i'm, I'm an all-star yeah. I'm um, too. i thought we had a good thing going on here jimmy like that. which i mean here here's something unbiased for you if they were to offer like duncan robinson harrow and bam out for Embiid. Think about that. No. I want to say no. <laughs> I say no. <laughs> Simple no. You are on the train of don't trade Simmons or Embiid no, at any no, cost. I'm, I am too. I'm just saying in terms of straight value. I am are too. they giving me? You can't be on that trade. You can't be on that train and then be like, well, if they offer me right, if they offer me the right thing, then I'll trade if, them. If they, it has to be stupid what someone would offer. Like if I got 
I, I can't even but if I got in Jokic and Harden for Embiid in a three way, obviously you do it. But like it's Thanks Matt. Thanks for that. Thanks for that cutting edge analysis you would take <laughs> but, uh, two all NBA no, no, players I'm saying, for Joel. No, I'm saying I'm <laughs> saying like that that, that 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 that's how much of a no I am on any trade. Unless it's like stupid that I mean they I think would offer here's it. the thing. I think you have to take his health into consideration. They're gonna get Four more top-tier, definitely, like, you know, all-NBA-type play out of him. And then it's kind of a question mark. But I agree. Like, I don't want to get us on too much of a sidebar. I think that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons aren't going anywhere. So this whole furor about, oh, he's 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 going to leave, he's forcing his way out of Philly is ridiculous. And he said it best. If I can take it, Philly fans, guess what? So can you. York, so can you. And I think that's the stance he should have been with day one. The only problem I had about this whole Embiid thing is he shushed the fans, told them to shut the fuck up, and then didn't own it. Like, tried to say I was talking to myself. Bull, no, you weren't. <laughs> like, you, you looking at fans telling them to shut the fuck up. Just be ten toes down on it. And shushing them and stuff. Yeah, yeah, if you're ten toes down on it, then yeah, we could take it. Like, it was all right. Right. So, I, I mean. Wee, and, I let a wee slip. Neither and, you caught it. And that's, uh. It's all obviously all now water under the bridge now that they took care of the Clippers. It's definitely not water under the bridge. Let y'all lose to the Hornets, Bulls, Hawks, whoever on the road and waters. You're flooded again. But obviously, like, this game against the Clippers, I thought it was impressive, but it doesn't really prove anything that I didn't know before. The Sixers are, are almost unbeatable at home. That's great. In front of a national audience. We're really on track to lose another heartbreaking game seven, either the first or second round on the road. That's, that's what I'm, it's I'm gonna. Like. I'm, I'm continuing on my stance that if the Sixers want to make a conference finals or finals run, a top two seed in the East is a necessity. The Raptors are really making it tough with 15 in a row. Yeah, but if the Sixers go into the second round, you know anything less than a top two seed, they don't have home court advantage for that round, and you you're susceptible to just what you talked about four road games. So. I qualify it. We beat the Raptors, but we'll get to that later. Speaking about the road, and I want to give credit to Andrew Porter at and underscore Porter on Twitter, bringing up... Shout out Andy. Yes, bringing up these statistics. So the Sixers are 9-19 and on the road, which is the same (laughs) record that the Knicks have on the road. So that's not very good. Say it with me. Shaky Shaky baby. baby. But let me give you this insight. That's too complimentary. (laughs) (laughs) That's just bad. Shaky would be like 500. Of the 19 road losses... Only three were to non-playoff teams. The Hawks being one of those, which was, I believe was a very close ex- loss. I'm going to let you finish, and then I'm going to These aren't excuses. These are, are facts. Excuses. These are facts. No, they need to be better on the they road. Are, these they, should, they should be excuses. better on the road. I'll yeah, say that. They have to win a playoff game on the road against a playoff team. They have to win. to win a lot of them. They <laughs> well, to- no, if you wouldn't want to win all your games at home, you're good. So yeah, they so. also, 11 of the 19 losses came without either Embiid or Richardson, two of the top four players in the starting lineup. Um, and I know a lot of people, you know, injuries happen to a lot of teams. A lot of people will say that. But I think you can admit Joel Embiid, Josh Richardson, obviously Embiid's the, the, the number one superstar on the team. And Richardson's really the best ball handling, like, guard on the team. I think Simmons is more starting to become more of a point forward, which I like. But again, those are two big pieces. 11 of the 19 losses have came without them. All 19 losses have came without one of the top six players in terms of minutes played. So when you go down the list, the Sixers have been banged up. I think that there's big problems with their depth to begin with, even when they're not banged up. 
and they're playing really tough teams, and that's going to revert. The Bucks have the easiest record. They're on pace for 70 wins. They've had the easiest record in the NBA. I, the I Sixers have had the fifth hardest record in the NBA. I don't like strength of schedule when you talk about NBA teams because everyone plays the same team. Just not at this point of the season, though. Right, that's even true. But at, at, you know, when we get to the end of the season, everyone will play the same schedule. So coming full circle here, I just think that there's a lot left unwritten with this Sixers team. We're not going to really know who they are until come playoff time, which is what they were supposedly built for. So in this, if you want to call it the second half, there's only 30 games left. But in the second half of the year, I got to say, even if you're not a Sixers fan, you should be excited to see what happens with this team. I mean, to me, it's it points back to the rockiness of, of the mindset of the Sixers. When you, It's easy to get up and get excited for a home game when your crowd's behind you, when I know I got friends and family coming here to watch. You know, whatever it is, it's the court that I'm used to shooting on. It's very easy to. Your focus has to be extra sharp when you go on the road. And it's not, it, there's no excuse for going on the road to Atlanta, for going on the road to Chicago, for going on the road to the bottom teams of the Eastern Conference and letting your focus slip because, oh man, like I, I wasn't up for this game. I'm sorry. Like there's, for, for a team who has had, you know, conference finals and finals aspirations, you got to take care of yours on the road. You got to take care of yours wherever you are. And I, just because I have, you know, 11 of the 19 L's without Embiid or Jay Rich or all 19 coming out, one of, one of the top six players, which I, is a long list, then, you know, I think that... You know, the, the, those are a little bit of excuses. Those, those are trying to, to justify a 9-19 and record when the only answer to that is you got to be better on the road you just have to be better on the road right agreed and and, and it'll it'll on, time will tell if they were excuses or if they're facts as to why they were struggling and that's that's just how i see it you're like ah you look at you like look at you you're like i'm very really? pleased with that defense <laughs> i'm pretty pleased i won't lie you are just so hoping that it's the latter speaking of ladder I've been looking at this MVP ladder lately, and one name who is continuing to inch its way towards the top, I believe he, he might be number two ahead of LeBron now, mm -hmm. is Luka Doncic, which now I, I bring to the Mavericks as one of my teams to to be very excited for coming out in, in the second half of the season. They're currently, I believe, fifth in the West right now, right above the Oklahoma City Thunder, and it's, I mean, it's all because of Luka Doncic. I mean, he's the one star that's been there consistently. They've put a lot of games without KP, and and he's really got them in a good position, but it's it's the question of really how far can the Mavericks go? Can they really keep up the success that they've had in the first half of the season? Yeah, that well, here's the thing that if I'm a Mavericks fan, I'd be the most concerned about is that you've had success, right? Luka Doncic is obviously a superstar. There's no concern concern there, but your other big investment in Kristaps Porzingis, we talked about him in the off season when they first acquired him about how well him and Luka. Are going to work together and so far it has been nothing but the contrary no. um he's actually better when luca's not he's there. much better when luca isn't there to further your point well sorry to cut you off but to further your point when in the three games luca's been hurt christophs is averaging 35 per game on 53 43 and 90 on 91 he's 50 40 90 when luca's when luca's not there. But we, we know that, that that's not like Obviously, it, it's great to see from Kristaps, but it's not necessarily surprising that he's doing that. He's coming that. off an ACL tear, so that's good to see. Right, it's very good to see. But what I'm saying is you you should have to get that from him when Luka Doncic is on the court. You the, need, yeah, it's the, a necessity. Right, the goal, if you can get that when Luka's on the court, and granted, some of it is because he takes more shots without Luka. That's just math, right? He's going to score more because Luka, Luka's shots aren't being taken. So I think that when him and Luka Doncic are together, they play a five-out system in Dallas, and... That often leaves Porzingis just stranded at the three-point line as like a Kevin Love, and we see it a lot 
when a four, a superstar four, goes to another team with like a wing that handles the ball a lot. You saw it with LeBron in two different occasions. They end up just getting relegated to that role of stretch four shooter when we know that these guys, Kevin Love, Chris Bosh, Christoph Porzingis, they can give you more. Mm-hmm. But I think it's incumbent upon Rick Carlisle, whatever the, whoever the coach is, uh, in, in, I guess it was Spolstra and Ty Lue yeah. on the Cavs. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they had to make it work, and to the Cavs and and Spolster's credit, they did make it work. But. I mean, and the Mavericks are moving towards this to a three point shooting team, which they weren't originally that at the start of the season, and they've gotten a bunch of help um, from a lot of guys. I mean, Seth Curry actually just took over his brother for <clears throat> highest active career three point shooting percentage. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous because the volume that Steph shoots, he obviously you'd much rather have Steph Curry, but it comes to the point of like Seth Curry has really added to the three point shooting of the Dallas Mavericks and they've become such a scoring at volume team and they're really under the radar. I bet a lot of people don't realize that the Dallas Mavericks are fifth in the West right now. Yeah. And 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 that's a huge testament to their stars, to the coaching staff. And as you said, the depth as well, um, they added Willie Cauley-Stein, and I know, like, I don't want to go, like, too deep on just, like, the fringes here, but Dwight Powell lost to the, lost for the season with an ace, or with an Achilles injury. They used him. They used him in good He spaces, was extremely so. effective. Yeah, was they added him. in Willie Cauley-Stein to replace him, um, who's been okay. But, like, that that to me is, like, when Luke is back and you're running at full capacity, now does Kristaps take over that role? It seems like if they bring in Willie Cauley-Stein that they intend, like, Kristaps are going to stay in the same role. We're mm-hmm. not going to try and change you. But I, I don't know. As a role man, I know the statistics don't bear out, but I think that they should use Porzingis a little bit more. The Mavericks are closer to the two seed in the West than the Sixers are to the in games behind than the Sixers are to the two seed in the East. How's that make you feel? In I mean, that, that makes sense. The Raptors have been on fire. Six recently. and a half to six. So okay, Matt. Once again, splitting. Hairs. I know. I wish you didn't say that. <laughs> I wish you didn't say that. But I mean, still, if you, if I would have told you at the All Star break you would have been the same spot as the Dallas Mavericks, that were you one probably would have laughed at me. And I would me say, I Bravo! The Mavericks are really good this year. It's the other way around. <laughs> well, speaking of teams that are really good this year, let's talk about teams who, let, let's see how real some of these teams are. We have a lot of teams that are quote unquote contenders that are good. I think there's a couple teams in particular that we got to really gauge how real are these teams. And it starts with the Toronto Raptors. We mentioned in the middle of a 15-game win streak. They've won 15 games in a row. The last two Eastern Conference teams to win 15 or more games in a row were the 2017-2018 Sixers, won 16 in a row to end the season, and the 2014-2015 Hawks won 19 games in a row. Neither team won a game in the Eastern Conference Finals. Sixers didn't get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Will the Raptors do what the Sixers and Hawks couldn't get to the get to the Eastern Conference Finals, win a game, and maybe get to the Finals. I would say it's about a week and a half ago when I realized, like, oh, my God, the Raptors are still are really still good. good. Like, really good. Like, this isn't – in the beginning of the season, I was like, they're riding championship momentum. You know what I mean? Teams are maybe still a little intimidated to go to Toronto. No. Like, they're actually just still a good team. They're regular season good. They're not postseason well, good. That, and they've always been they've regular, always been season, regular good, season good. Right? Even, with the, even with DeRozan and Lowry. Right. Kawhi made still, them – Kawhi made the postseason They're not going to collapse year. like they did – to LeBron every time there's no LeBron him. to make him collapse. But there's a big difference between game playing against a team for one game, knowing you have other games on the schedule, versus oh, you're playing a seven game series. This is what they did two days ago, so we can counter it. Like, and I think that's without a superstar, and I don't think Siakam's there yet. 
I think that's where they faltered. Right, and, and that was exactly to your point. That's where Kawhi came in. It's yeah. like, okay, yeah, you game plan for me, and I dropped 40 on your head, making ridiculous shots. There's nothing you can do to stop me, and that's why they ended up winning the title, because Kawhi Leonard literally could not be denied. But they've done a great job of filling the void that he left so far. When you look at the top five Raptors in terms of minutes played per game, no one has a usage rate over 30, which Kawhi had last year, and no one has a usage rate below 20. Which is why I'm going to say they will be playoff good. Like, yes, we're seeing this in a regular season, but we're seeing them, like, gear up and muscle up for the playoffs. That kind of basketball wins games in the playoffs. Sharing the ball, everyone getting a touch, making sure everyone gets a good shot. And they're still second in the league in defensive turnover percentage, forcing turnovers, field goal percentage, steals, and defensive rating. They're still second in the league in stats that really still matter. You know who also wins in the playoffs? Teams with more talent. I mean... (laughs) And, no, but it also comes into coaching. You talk about they got two all stars, man. Like if I'm looking at yeah, two, I know, you know I mean? and they might have the coach of the year. Like they still have. To what do you play. mean by playoff good? Like, do you think they have a shot against the Bucks if they play them in the playoffs? They have a shot, absolutely. I don't think so. You what? Not having a shot means they're like they're going to get what, what swept or win one they'll, game. They'll lose in five. If they no play way. The no way. In the Bucks. No way. They, they crumble. I, I watched them crumble against the Raptors they have, last year. They have Giannis. I watched them crumble against the Raptors the last Raptors year. The Raptors don't have Kawhi. Oh, did, did Kawhi guard? Serious question. Did Kawhi guard Giannis most in the playoffs? Last I think year? so. Who else would they have? Would they have thrown at him? Maybe Siakam. Siakam. He's a good defender too, though. I think, but I do agree with Matt's point. Um, I think that talent ends up winning out. I think that a lot of players can kind of flip switches, and it comes down to your top, like, seven players. Uh, so so depth kind of gets phased out. But last year, the Raptors mm-hmm. were able to use their depth also, to their advantage. Also, bench, yeah, depth, and that's what exactly that's exactly what I was about to say, is bench presence really helps in the playoffs, too. The Raptors are coming with one of the best benches in the league, spearheaded by Fred Van Fleet, who's been really good this year. So I, I think I think they're playoff ready. I'm going to stamp them as a real team. They're ready to go. I'd say they're real, too, but I, I wouldn't. I would still probably take the Bucks before them this year. I think the Bucks are really good this year. I think it's something to be said when you get a championship and you bring most of those people back. It's like it's like getting blood in the water. Like I, I know what it takes. I got through to the other side. I may not have as much talent as I did. It's really a one player difference. Granted that one player is big, but <laughs> you know I all those players have done it before. I mean, damn, Pat McCall's done it three times in a row. All right, so that was uh, Kawhi's old team. Let's talk about your old favorite team, the Houston Rockets. Who phony have shipped out their center. They have no centers. They're just going to run with the tuck wagon lineup. Matt would be like the third tallest person on the Rockets. I don't know if that's true. No. How tall are you? I'm 6'3". He'd like, come you'd, on. Be a stu- you'd be a small forward. Harden and, and both like, Westbrook are like an intro. Isn't that yeah. crazy? That's how big guards are now today. But, JJ Redick is taller than you. JJ Redick's 6'4". But speaking, He's true 6'4". If I'm NBA height, I'm 6'4". All right, so then Matt. Matt is, is got, two got, inches got, smaller than their center. I'll get you Daryl Morey <laughs> on the Come phone. Come on, dog. Like, he's looking P.J. Tucker in the eye. But, I mean, to the Rockets' credit, and especially Russell Westbrook's credit, he has been insane since they last shipped off Clint Capella, averaging 38.7 points. Like, that is, dare I say, Harden-esque. I told, but what did I say last week when this trade went down? I said, to me, this is an all-out buy-in on Russell Westbrook's style of play. They're going to lean on his, you know, Tasmanian devil up and up and down style of play, and they don't want any big man holding them down. All five players on that court have to be able to run up and down for 30-plus minutes a game, and that's what we're ready to do. And I think Dan Tony took took the 
focus out of Harden for the regular season and said, Russ, get us to the finish line for the for the regular season. I want your pace of play more. You get more shots up. Well, uh, but riddle me this, okay? Go back and think about all the last, like, five, ten NBA champions. How many of them didn't have a rim protector? Probably zero. None of them. None of them. They all, and granted, that's, I mean, the longer you go back, the more traditional play will be, less small ball. But... When you get into the playoffs, things slow down. Okay, Warriors, Warriors go to that Hamptons lineup, that death lineup. Their tallest person is Andre Iguodala, who plays on the KD. wing. Who plays on the wing. They don't have a, a quote-unquote rim protector. They have Draymond in the middle. They had JaVale McGee on those teams, though. But not in the starting lineup. I know, but they still had him. Like, if I the have Rockets to, if, have, like, Tyson Chandler and and the, and and what's his... I don't know if that's true. He's, they, they do have Tyson Chandler. And then they have... Um, he's ancient. He's really old. But, I mean, they have... But probably he, serves the same person that JaVale McGee did. Yeah, KD, KD was a good post defender, but and he, he played, was 6'10". But he wasn't a rim protector. But you he, said could, protector. he played the role no, he pretty had, well. He, had he averaged, like, two and a half blocks He played the game. role pretty well. Jake, he averaged how many blocks per game in the playoffs two and a half Close to two yeah 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 no way he averaged two and a half blocks a game that, that leads the right, league we're in blocks. Si- we're gonna six stat matt on that but i think that even and if when you, jake is wrong please come no, back if and jake's tell wrong him just don't even bring it back up is. okay matt you had but, two and a half blocks would lead the league i'm saying in the playoffs would lead the league yeah he led the postseason james okay <laughs> but reg- regardless if you look if you look at when they played Anthony Davis, the Rockets with their new okay, lineup. Okay, the three years with Golden State, blocks per game in the playoffs, 1.3, 1.2, 1. 1.0. It turns out that I was wrong, which is a rare occurrence. <laughs> really? He didn't average two? Did he average two in the regular season? Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Matt, prove me right somehow. <laughs> 1. 1.8 one year. With Golden State, which is a vast one point six, one point eight, and one point one. That's essentially two. No, but, no, but you said two and a half. Okay, go ahead. I I'm think a- we're splitting hairs here with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, <laughs> but when we look at the Rockets against a team with a dominant big, which yeah. it's it's been a super small sample size, but Anthony Davis, obviously one of the best big men in the league. In the twenty eighteen finals, he averaged two point three blocks per game. Oh. Matt, I had the win, Matt. I had the win. I'll, I'll I'll give you an out because I think we have to get back on track. Anthony Davis. Yeah, go ahead. 14 and 21 against the Rockets. 32 points, 13 rebounds. But here's the kicker. The Rockets won by 10 in that game. So, I like, is this something that you could see really working in the West playoffs? No, because the game the game slows down. Like, pe- people are going to slow the game down against the Rockets. And the regular season, especially when it's, you know, the first three games of them doing it, teams probably looked at it and did what the rest of NBA, you know, fans did. Scoffed at it. They're like, they're really going to try and put P.J. Tucker, you know, on Anthony Davis. We're not going to change our game because it's not going to work. And then the Rockets ran past them a couple of times. AD got really tired. LeBron gets really tired. And you end up outpacing them and you score more points and you win by double digits at the end. And the playoffs, like Matt said earlier, I don't have to game plan for one day. I game plan for you for, at the very least, four games all consecutive. So if I'm any team, I'm slowing the game down and I'm making you beat me in a half-court set. I'm making you out Here's why I don't hate it. The only realistic chance the Rockets had at the beginning of the year, looking at the Clippers and Lakers rosters, is if in the playoffs they made an amount of threes more than anyone has before. And they're just going all in on the only possible way they can win the title. And to that angle, I think that this all-in kind of move is a sign that if this doesn't work, 
Mike D'Antoni and the Rockets, as we know you think it, it, it was Daryl Morey's like, are done. Like it was Daryl Morey say saying, like you got one last, you got one last. We're one pushing last all the do. chips into the middle yeah, into the analytical. Thing. We're going to shoot threes type game plan, and if it doesn't work, they already said they wanted to move on from D'Antoni. So I think this could be the final blow. If they can't get and over the mountain, if I'm Tony, you're giving me one last shot. That's fine. Then that's a good move by him. I'm just putting all all I got into it. Like we're just gonna. I, I want you to shoot 100 shots per game. That's what I'm telling. <laughs> that's what I'm telling my team. Like to literally just shoot 100 shots and hopefully we get 113 points out of it. So obviously Rockets, as we said, made the move to ship out their center. The Miami Heat are a hot team, and they made a move to bring in Andre Iguodala. And I think I mean I mean I think he really helps some. Like I think it was, the Jay Crowder move was good, but I think the Iggy move is like underratedly like so so good. And like, he because he's been that guy before, right? He's been the guy who's been like, okay, you have a great team. Let me make you a championship team. Give me one or two jobs to do, and I will do them at elite, dare I say, Hall of Fame level. So, and that is my question because I've had this debate before: Is Andre Iguodala a mm-hmm. Hall of Famer? Mm-hmm. Matt, don't look at me like that. Mm -hmm. Matt Matt says, no, let me 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 just really quick read off his accolades. Three-time NBA champion, obviously finals MVP, as we know, Olympic gold medalist. Finals MVP is a fake finals MVP. And two-time all-defensive team. Two-time all-defensive team. So, overall, that's pretty impressive if you just take away the name. If you take away the finals MVP, it's not close to a Hall of Fame resume. Yeah, it is. Now, one all-star, two all-defensive teams, and a gold medal. Do gold medals carry weight? They do. I believe they do. Yeah, they do. I, I definitely, I'm, I'm in on and gold medals. Matt, in 20, because, and, and I like that the Hall of Fame removes you. You're not voted the year after. You've got to wait five years to really, like, it removes context from the stats. And in 10 to 15 years from now, he probably won't get in for his ballot. 10, 15 to 20 years from now, we're going to look back at Andre Iguodala's stats, his accolades, and they're going to be Hall of Fame accolades. They're, they're, they're just okay, going okay. to be there. Is Carlos Boozer a Hall of Famer? <laughs> Carlos Boozer got two All-Stars. He got a gold medal. How many championships? That's not his not inside of the How Warriors. How many all-defensive teams? None. None. How many finals MVPs? None. That's so, not no, no, he's, not a, he's not a Hall of Famer. Andre Iguodala is. Uh, is it, but Boozer's like in the discussion if you could Iggy it, and that's not that's no, not, not. That's not supposed no, to happen. Not to me. But no, the NBA lets a lot of people in. Here, Sean Marion shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. He's is, in the discussion. Is Manu Ginobili a Hall of Famer? Yes. Yes. Then I think Andre Iguodala also no. has to Boom be a Hall of Famer. Roasted. No, not Boom so. Roasted. Was Iguodala's career at the Sixers Hall of Fame worthy? No, but he also... If he went to the... If he did like a Vince Carter type thing and went to like low-level teams to add Badger's veteran presence instead of a, a finals contending team and never won a ring and put up the same numbers... Who's that, no Iggy? Way, no, Iggy. If he did the same thing Vince Carter did after... He left the Magic. He just went to like low levels. He went to like the Grizzlies. He went to the Hawks, and he was just on. He got traded. He got numbers. traded to the Warriors. I believe from Denver. Yeah, yeah from Denver. Yeah. Okay, so like it wasn't his choice. No, no, he wasn't traded. He signed. He had one. So year. Matt, here, that's all choice. well and good, but he, he did like eight points per game. <laughs> right, right, right. If his if the years that make him in the Hall of Fame are his Golden State years. Then that's just a bastardization of looking at individual. Talent. I don't know, man. You you ask the Warriors. Organization. I don't know if they're just giving him shine. I don't know if they're trying to validate a Hall of Fame career from him. But they legitimately think we don't win championships without Andre Iguodala. Just like the Spurs legitimately said we don't win championships without Manu Ginobili. That's Hall of Fame worthy. 
Manu Ginobili is so much better than Iguodala. I think that... Uh, Manu Ginobili took Argentina to a gold medal. That's not the same as being on a U.S. Olympic team. But he was also... He he played a big role in the... When he was on U.S., he was inside that rotation and played minutes. Yeah, he played minutes on the 2012 team. That's, that's legit. How about this? Because obviously you guys aren't going to agree, and I'm not going to break the tie. And I like Iggy. I don't like doing this. I think that we're going to go to social. We're going to post something on social you media. Like break it. You're such an on-the-fence-ass bull. Because like, it's it's more fun that way. <laughs> we're going to let the fans break the tie, James. Okay. Don't you care about the fans? If Eli Manning, Only Julian Elman, and Andre Iguodala make the Hall of Fame. Oh, here we go. And freaking just... like Matt Ryan and Darren Williams don't. I'm going to have like an Apples and oranges. Apples. So, yeah. Darren Williams needs to be in the Hall of Fame if Iguodala's not. So just check out at straight at str8 everyone's got two of the gold medals underscore pod vote on that and we'll come back with the results all right, y'all, let's move into to the back half um, of our show now. So we're actually going to switch it up a little bit um, and, you know, get a little more fun with it. I remember um, you guys might remember a couple months ago, me and Jake did a trivia segment in which he won. Yeah, who won that? Oh, I had, oh. Shut up, dog. And I had to wear <laughs> an Eagles jersey, nearly burned my freaking skin off. So <laughs> I challenged Jake back to another trivia another segment. One. Another one. Uh, we'll figure out what the bet was, uh, what the bet's going to be a little later. I like you wearing a Bucks jersey, to be honest. I want, I want to see how I want to see how the pewter and, and gold puts it. Would you? Here. Well, let's. I mean, it's going to be no. <laughs> is this going to be NBA trivia or is it overall trivia, guys? We we have nicknames and then we have overall trivia. Okay, then we, you know what? We this can... is what I want. This is for my victory. This is what I want. The next time the Sixers play the Oklahoma City Thunder, which will be in Oklahoma City, you have to wear my Chris Paul Oklahoma City Thunder jersey while watching the Sixers game. Mm, that's, like, pretty sacrilegious. At a bar. No, in no, no. no, no. <laughs> I was going to say, that wasn't even far. that good. It's not, it's not, bar, as I said it, I was like, that's not horse enough. Yeah. At the bar. That's no, a bridge too far. Jake, Jake. It that's is a bridge not, too far. Jake, for one, it is not your, it's not your rule. Now I'm going to be... You can't amend it. All right, then... No, because here's the thing. It's like... Okay, the the inverse of that is you wear an Embiid jersey, but okay. you'll get loved for that if yeah. you do it in okay. a bar. I'll do that. No, I know you'll do that. <laughs> All right, we'll make up something for you. Me. You gotta you gotta find a Cowboys jersey and wear it at a bar. Okay. All right, deal. We have a deal. I naturally hate the Eagles anyway. That's the okay, deal. You're, like, you're, you're going to be the one who's going to get shit on. I don't want you wearing a Philly jersey in a Philly bar. I already hate on the Eagles. I already get shit on. So, But that's fine. Okay. That, uh, that's your bet. Okay. Jewel? All right. What's going on, everybody? Jewel here. Uh, we are going to kick it off with the trivia now. I do want to throw out, before we start, Jake memorizes the... Uh, Basketball reference for fun as a dictionary. So if he knows some of these in advance, I'm uh, scared. Uh, I no mean, I'm scared. <laughs> I got my. Jo- I didn't get them all off of ba- baseball reference, but Good. I got Good. a handful of them. Okay. How am I supposed okay. to cheat then, Joel? What the right. heck? I don't know. I'm I'm I don't scared. know what you do in your free time. All right. The first one. We're doing nicknames first. Number one, known as the Big Handsome. Ooh. The big Handsome. This is NBA. Mm-hmm. I actually don't think I know that one off the, the top. The Big the big hands. Oh, right. We have hints here that we they're going to hints. feed us when we inevitably get stumped. Well, uh, let me know if you need a, the hint. I was about to say. fire right? off? Do we get multiple? We only get How many, one guess, is it, right? Is it a hint? Yeah, we only get one guess. Only one guess. I'll give you the hint. Okay. Okay. Hint. Top five pick in the NBA draft. Plays on the same team that drafted him and has a brother in the NBA. That's a lot of hints. <laughs> that is a lot of hints, but I don't know if it really helps me all that much. <laughs> 
Oh man, this is a stumper. This, this is, is really it, good. This is how it's gonna go. Neither like I don't want to go smoke with this. All right, all right, wait, white flag. I don't I, like. You really want to throw the flag? Put up, oh, like, if you're not white flag, and I'm not white well, flag. Well, we gotta pick your like. What's listen? You're five seconds. Five. One. Go. Markeith Morris. Uh, he's not a top five pick. There, and, he's, the, the and he wasn't drafted this decade. 2010s. Yeah, he definitely. I was. But that's not the. I mean, it's not the answer. But. What's yours? The first one I said was um, was Giannis. No. Okay. Cody Zeller. Damn. Oh. <laughs> wow. What a bad top five Damn. Oh yeah. Oh, when he goes the other one and. I was thinking yeah. Duke or like Kentucky or something. Yeah, I totally missed that one. Yeah, it's we a got point for them. You guys have a point. <laughs> we got five, four more of these, and five more general knowledge ones. All right. Shouldn't have let Matt. Do I know. This. It's <laughs> terrible. All right, number two. Don't Google. Don't Google. Ooh. I think that means got. his name's like That's hard to spell, or it's like inappropriate. These were made in this like is a, humbling. This is a this very is humbling, humbling. Humbling experience. I wonder if our listeners are going to get we it. We might that's, have a draw by the end of this. Right, that's what I'm saying. All right, I, I'm ready for the hints. Yeah, I have no absolutely. clue. Don't Google. I'm like almost embarrassed that I have like, I'm like, <gasps> I have this no clue. And I don't, I don't, don't be embarrassed. This one's tough, I think. Um, But like the fact that you recognize the player, Jewel, like on there? Uh... I, I know. 15 points per game. Like, in yeah, this is... At least 50 points per game. Matt, Matt, this is just Matt, like... Matt, that helped me exactly at all? Right. Right. That's that's like, like, I, I should, I should know and don't. team that made the playoffs last year. That's a good hint. So I was, I'll say an answer here is I actually shouldn't give you this, but like I was going to say, I'm not going to, but I was going to say Ibaka. He's not. He's not. Because he's obviously on OKC. Um, wow. That's like pretty embarrassing. Um, the same Eastern Conference shooting guard. I've got it. I've got it. Nah. I've got it. Nah. Yep. <laughs> no, you don't. Yep. All right. How much time do I have, Jewel? Ten seconds. Nine. Eight. Shut up. Seven. Shut up. Six. Shut up. Ball gets kicked to James in the corner. Five. <laughs> Three. Sheer panic. Two. One, who is it? I have no clue. The answer is Evan Fournier. Damn! The shooting guard was too much. That's when, that's when, I, even though I'm surprised. I, oh, they got beat up in the first round. That's right. Why would you not Google Evan Fournier? Don't Google Fournier. Okay. Oh, no. Don't Google Fournier. Okay. Uh, one of our listeners, Google Fournier. And let us know what you, what you come up with. I will That's I won't a good one. That, dude, these, these are really hard. All right, you want to? Want to? One up. The next two are my favorite. God, it means they're harder. <laughs> Number three. No, one of them's set pretty easy. Number three, B. Diddy. B. Diddy. I have one that comes off the top. I think I, I, I have one, I have one that comes off the top. Oh, he's not a current player? Played oh, from big. 99 to 2012. Can I, can I write down who I think it is? I don't, I'm going to text you. No, why don't guess. you just tell yeah, me? That's your guess. <laughs> because, you can't steal okay, it. Uh, right, yeah, so we can't uh, steal oh, guesses. Oh, oh, oh. Joel, what's the, what's the shot clock at? Looking at 10. Give me another hit. There's no <laughs> way it's hard I just keep pulling 10 seconds at out of my ass. At one point of his career, played for the Warriors. Oh, that's... Oh, got it! Like, Matt, that's so, like, egregious that you just did <laughs> yeah. that. Jewel knows that I got the answer right. All right. Oh, wait, no, I don't got it. Do I got it? All right. Five. Spin it out. Five, four, Three. I definitely don't got two. it. This is so wrong. Go ahead. One. Andrew, Bo- Andrew Bogut. No. 
Baron Davis. Yeah. God, yo, that's such a good one. This one's my favorite one. This Down next one. Well. Okay, go ahead. Known as the Alphabet. I think I know. I think you do too. How Don't these, say it. Don't how say it. I want him to, to try to guess. I, I might not know. I'm not going to lock in because I actually, I'm not as certain as I was with the Oh, last I kind of, I think I have one too. It'd be weak. Let me ask. To me, about, to me, this just means there's like a bunch of letters, a bunch of random letters in his name. Right. And and can I ask, like, this isn't his primary nickname, is it? No, I don't think it's his primary nickname. Does he play right now, man? He's definitely he's not a current, current player. player. He okay. is a current player, and he it, that still fits yours. I think he's so. also yeah, an I mean, international player. He is there's a current your, player. There's your. That's the hint. Was he's an international player? Um, I mean, like, he's like not from. All right. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna lock in. Obviously, if he's the alphabet, it's probably a bunch of names, that, like a bunch of letters and spots that we wouldn't normally have it. I have two. Oh, you got to pick one. I have two. <laughs> Drew, what's the shot clock, Drew? Yeah. What's the shot clock, Drew? We just said 30, so I'm thinking like 20-ish now. This is insane. One's kind of like a cop-out. One's kind of like this is just an av- like, you know, a run-of-the-mill guess. Not much thought. One, one, you guys are gonna be like, "Oh, that's pretty good." This is what I'll say. Go with your initial I, instinct because yeah, I think you have I'm it. Like I feel it. like you are overthinking. I've it. already yeah. locked in, so I don't want to guess first. You have I'm locking your answer then. My answer's locked in. Send right, it to Jewel. Send it to Jewel. Write it, it, it in. Loaded. You're so corny, uh, James. Look, I'm not wearing a Chris Paul jersey in a bar <laughs> anywhere ever. It's not gonna happen. I will. I refuse. Oh, just to Jewel. I'm just texting. I mean, Jewel. or Matt. I would no, say, but put it in the group chat. All right. All right. So you want me to say it first? Yeah, go ahead. Giannis Antetokounmpo. That was also my guess. That was yours? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Hey. Uh, yeah. Three three to one. one. Three to one. Oh, 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 one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Three really good guesses. So we're at three one. I guess I got my swagger back. Generic trivia. Who holds the NBA record for most career 20 point games without a 30 point game? Um, I'm gonna throw out. I, I like. Uh, I, I have a, here's a hint. He uh, was a lottery pick in the 2003 draft and played center. Oh, 2003. Okay, my, he that, doesn't that, play anymore. That uh, that helped me immensely. Actually, he was white. A lottery pick in the 2003 draft, second greatest draft. And he of all never time. had a 30 point game. But he has a bunch of 20 point games. And he was a lottery pick. I mean, outside of like. Ron Mello and D Wade. It gets real. It gets real hazy. I'm gonna throw like I don't even know if this guy was even in that draft class, but I think um, I have a guy who kind of fits the bill for someone who would make sense there. So I'll wait. Uh, I don't know if you have your answer. I do, but I think this guy was a number one overall pick, which means he wasn't in that draft because the number no. one overall pick was LeBron. Right. If I get this right, I'm like a god of trivia. I I just I just have to let you know that. Ten on the shot clock. I have one. I'm just not sure he's in the right draft, but I'm I'm just gonna go with it for the sake of Darko Milicic. Nope. That, that is the correct draft. I I don't know if this guy. I have no clue if this guy was in the 2003 draft, but Chris Kamen is someone. He got it. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Listen, listen. It's hard being a genius. Yo, that is no insane. That was a, that was like a pure. Way. Because think about it. Like he was good enough to like score, yeah. but he was never a superstar. And he makes sense to be a guy. I knew he was picked later in in the draft that he was picked in. So white center. He eh. wasn't later. He was a lottery pick. That's what he just said. That's later in the lottery. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. Big after Wade. Wait, really? He was a six. See, pick. I don't even know what I'm talking about. That was. I guess that's luck. But four one. Uh, <laughs> I literally on. need all the rest of these. 
to win. Nah, this is a this is a you could get four points here. I don't think you will though. I get four points in one question. <laughs> Both of you could get four points because there's no, four names. <laughs> in the Bills' four-year dominance over the AFC, You're they destroyed trouble. quarterbacks in the AFC Championship games. Oh, the combined satellite of quarterbacks they faced in those games was 55 for 120, 664 yards. That's 5.53 yards per attempt. One touchdown and nine picks, which is a 34.9 passer rating. Three of the QBs that they beat were first ballot Hall of Famers. Name as many you get five guesses and as and how many of those quarterbacks can you get right? Of the team that the that the Bills beat in their four year run in the AFC title game. Three of them were first ballot Hall of Famers. The fourth one was not. Okay, hold on. Do you want me to go first? Ninety to ninety three. That's that's the era. Right. Do you want me to go? I'm gonna. And they're all incredibly famous. Right. Yeah. Like they're they're not the first ballot. Two are easy. So. I'm just going to go ahead. James, I don't care if you ride my coattails on this one because I don't really know. Dan Marino. He's I'm not going to answer. Wait, wait, thank you. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. <laughs> that hurts and you. just say yes or no if he got okay. it. Steve Young. There's four quarterbacks and we get five guesses? Yeah. Can he get an X already? Because Steve Young's in the NFC. Yes, that's an X. Okay, so like you're done. No, okay, no, no, no. You got, you got five guesses. You got, five we guesses. can get one wrong. Oh, that's true. But right, it is pretty embarrassing that I felt the Niners were in the NFC. <laughs> I, I, I could give you that one. <laughs> so I got Marino. Uh, and I know they, they obviously... This is only in the AFC title game, you said? Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I like, am 90% sure I have three. Oh, a hint for the one that's not. He also lost an NFC title game as a Redskins quarterback four years prior. But he's not that he was a quarterback for the Raiders in 1990. You said they're all incredibly famous? No, three of them are. The, the one that's not played quarterback for the Raiders Rich in 1990. Uh, but I'm not going to count that as an X because that's the ran, that's the weird one. This is, like, bad You're for me. Count, you can really count, count, count Rich Gannon as an X? I, I didn't tell him the—I'm the, I'm, I'm not going to—he gets—that's wrong. You don't get to guess 1990 <laughs> anymore. You can only guess the Hall of Famers. That's, that's my caveat. Okay. Uh— so I, I, already, Rich Gannon. I already guessed <laughs> one of my Dan Marino. Oh, that's so sick. <laughs> Whatever, I jump on the grenade for you. Uh, You're not going to get the Raiders quarterback from 1990. Yeah, probably not. Um, the thing is, like, I don't even... Matt, how am I supposed to know? I wasn't even born. Oh, incredible! Think just named incredibly famous quarterbacks you're missing, played in the you're AFC. You're missing one that you're literally going to kick yourself for. Incredibly famous quarterbacks have played in the AFC. It's really in that time period. Like, you're literally going to absolutely off yourself. How, well, we got the shot clock, Jules. Like, I, I, he gets all day? Nine. Oh, what a game! How does it feel? Like, how does it feel? Uh, Warren Moon. Uh, Warren Moon's a good one. That's not a bad guy. All right, I guess I got one. I, I really, I'm like choking out here. This is bad. I don't know. Yeah, Wall's caving in. Doesn't feel good, does it? It doesn't feel good. You're going to make up some ground here. All right, here we go. Um... So do I get a point right for everyone, I guess? Yes. So you got one on that? Yeah. I didn't say whether he was right about Marino. Bro, come on. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Dan Marino, John Elway. Yeah, I killed myself there. So. <laughs> yeah, you were right about that one. <laughs> yep. What That's the first person I thought of when you did Yeah, what is the first person? I had to, like, search for Dan Marino. Rich Gannon hurts because Rich Gannon is one I really wanted to guess. Um, guess it. <laughs> no. so guess it. I'm also not going to guess Warren Moon. I know that's wrong. So thank you for that. 
Um, let's see. Come on. The Bills run. Chuck Duck. Oh, 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 oh. Um, no. Did they? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. No, no. Drew Bledsoe. That was actually going to be one of my guesses. I didn't think that he was a Hall of Famer, but... He's not in the Hall of Fame. But it's still one of your guesses. You said there's one that's not in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah. It's still one of your guesses. Oh, that's right. Damn it. Okay. Yeah, there's zero chance I get the 1990s Raiders quarterback. You should get really one of the Hall of Fame. You should get the other Hall of Famer based on... I'm not going to answer it. I started sweating. I couldn't even think of the AFC teams. I know, You should get this quarterback. I should? Me personally? Yes. Got Matt. I'm on to You're stalling him. 15. That's whole. I'm not stalling him. 15. Thank you, Jewel. Don't count out loud. Don't count out loud. <laughs> um, 10. <laughs> I should. Like, that hurts that you said I should get him personally. 5. And I'm trying to feel like, why are you four, basing that off of? 3. 2. Put the shot up. One. I literally have no clue. Joe Montana. Damn, yeah. I should. That's my freaking mom. Wait, with Kansas City? Yep. Yes. I was see. I was gonna guess. I was like the Raiders quarterback's Jay Schrader. Yeah, By no. the way, when I when I thought that the that the Niners were in the AFC, I was going to guess Montana and Young <laughs> back to back because there was four quarterback for five guesses. So what? So, so I got two. You got two. You and got I, one. I got one. So you gain three. It's five three. Yeah. Now. Five, All right, next question. Only three NFL players have been named Male Athlete of the Year at the ESPYs. You have five guesses to name all three. Uh, award started in 1993. Two of the players are quarterbacks. One's a running back. Okay. Um, I think I have my two quarterbacks locked in. It started in 93, you said? Correct. And I th- I, I'm pretty sure I got... I, have three I don't know about guesses. the running back. The running back played in the 2000s. I have. I, I, you want I, me to I, go I got first? my guy. You want me to go first this time? Uh, sure, because I think we're probably gonna have the same guys. Go ahead. For quarter, well, I have five guesses, right? Um, so here's the thing: if I get five guesses on three players, can I name five total players? And you tell me if I got if the quarterback. Okay, I'll be more specific. The quarterback won in 1995 and 2010. That changes. The so running much. back won in 2007. One of my quarterbacks doesn't change, but not gonna pick between. Brady and Manning. Were the Remember, two if you're going Ooh, going on quarterbacks, you have to go for the previous season because it's July of that. So yeah, if it's 2007, you have to look at 2006 season. If it's like 2010, you have to look at 2000. Okay, I think I know. All right, all right here's where I'm gonna Steve go. Young. Here's where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Troy Aikman, Tom Brady, Adrian Peterson. You get two more. I accidentally said one of the answers out loud. I think Jake noticed. So, so you both can get so, it right. So Steve Young, because yeah, I so, heard you. That, that's, that's the 95. Classic stat match slip up. Uh, yeah, slip up. So, so both of you are going to get one. Okay. And it's just up to the 2010 quarterback and the 07 running back. You didn't tell me the year of running backs. So I big. did before. No, he did before. Oh, he did? So I'm changing from Adrian Peterson to LaDainian Tomlinson. So LT was going to be my I'm going to go LT and Adrian Peterson just to be safe. Um, so Same with my guesses. Uh, right, right. So yeah. you, have, you have two more guesses because you know Steve Young's mm-hmm. one of them. Okay, then I'm going to go Manning and Brady. And those are my guesses. The answers are Drew Brees and LT. Okay. Damn. So we both Damn, that's the got year Drew, two. You're right, and the hint of you have to go to the previous year because you won the Super Bowl that year. All right. So then it's 7-2-5. Five. Five. And this is the last question? 
Two more. Two more. Who I need the, to bomb one of these. James, I want you to catch up. I know. I need you. I'm the, caught up. I just need him to like have a better. Who had the highest offensive rating in Game Seven of the 2016 Finals? The hint is that it's not LeBron or Kyrie. In Game Seven. Game Seven specifically, it was 192. Oh, jeez. I have. We only, this is when we get one guess. One guess. Yeah. The 2016. Yep. I think. That's the the Cavs one. Yeah. I think I'm going. To lock in my, I have my answer. The highest field goal percentage? No, no offensive, offensive rating. Offensive rating. I have, dude. Mine's like high risk, high reward for who my highest offensive rating is. And by your smile, like I think I'm more on track with the high risk, high reward. All right, I'm gonna. Um, we could just write it down. I'm gonna send it anywhere. Right. Okay. I've got mine. All right, I got mine too. All right. So you want me to go first? Go ahead. Clay Thompson. Who do you got? That's a better one. <laughs> Mine's Sean Livingston. Neither got it right. Who ah. was it? I would thought you guys would have guessed Draymond, and it's not Draymond Definitely either. Definitely not, not Draymond. So Draymond yeah. went off in that game seven. Oh, he made all those. Yeah, he yeah, like, he yeah. Tristan Thompson's the answer. Yeah, I would never have uh, guessed that in a million years. I was trying to think of someone who had a, a high-ass field goal percentage, and Tristan Thompson and Sean Livingston were the two. Right, bunch of rebounds, too. Yeah. yeah. Name the last time a college football national title was one, was the was that school's first national title. The hint is that it was an SEC school in the mid-90s. Oh. Matt. That was a long time ago. You are the only one who knows this. <laughs> SEC school, mid-90s. 1996, oh. to be specifically, they beat an in-state rival oh, in the geez. title game. Here we go. That There we go. That's better. They beat an in-state rival, SEC school. In the Sugar Bowl. And it was their first as a school. Yep. They beat an in-state rival in the Sugar Bowl. There's not too many schools that have in-state rivals in the same conference. They're not in the same conference. They're just in-state rivals. Yeah. Oh, well, then there's a lot of schools that have in-state rivals. I mean, this is probably wrong. Like, this is this comes back to me not knowing the history of college football. I'm going to lock my answer. I think I know my answer. I'm between two. They've won two titles since. You don't have to. Two more titles after that. Yes, and I have, I have my answer, too. Okay. Um, I'll, go for, I'll go first. Go just ahead. Honor system. Just uh, I'll answer mine. You're probably going to be right, but I'll answer. Florida Gators. LSU. Florida Gators. Let's go, baby. Down one point. That's the end. That's the end. You lose by Damn one. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for that trivia. Jake, congrats Whatever, on the whatever. win. That was Yay. insanely entertaining. Whatever. Uh, now it's time for Jules' weekly wrap-up. What's going on, guys? Uh, this past week in sports, the XFL kicked itself off. I would say it was an overall successful opening weekend for a startup of the league. Uh, the football was entertaining. The ratings were solid. There were four games, one on ESPN, one on ABC, and two on Fox. All in all, they averaged 3.12 million viewers, mm. <laughs> roughly a million Damn. more than watched <laughs> the Lakers-Warriors on ABC that Saturday. Is that crazy? I mean, it's... it's- it's the startup of a league's people were hype, and the Lakers-Warriors were also, like a regular season game. Right, and also, we'll see three games from now what their ratings are. It's easy to get ratings when you've been billed as this new league and you're just starting, and now that they don't have all the fanfare. I think they got one. I think the XFL With the XFL? Did you watch any? Did either of you, you watch I it? did. I watched a little bit. The XFL commissioner, obviously, I think everybody knows by now, is Oliver Luck. He went on the Dan Patrick show, and he said there's also talks about recruiting freshmen and sophomores out of college, which I think is a good and bad idea. The average pay right now is 55000 which is less yeah. than a year's tuition for most universities. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting. But according to Yahoo Sports, the top QBs in the league right now have a salary of basically half a mil. 495 000. That's pretty good. 
I have interviewed Oliver Locke before. For, really? For he was one? the president of West Virginia when I went there for a year. Huh. For one, for the first year, for quarterbacks to get half a mil, that's not bad. That's not bad. But if you're if you're putting primetime games on ESPN, like the paychecks are going to Here's all I know about the XFL. My man Philip Walker shut it down. Represent to you. He's the first player of the week in XFL history. Mm-hmm. Boom. I just think the the salaries right now are interesting because they, obviously they could fluctuate with advertisements, sponsorships, all that fun stuff. So those are subject to change. I do want to touch very quickly on the rule changes and what they're kind of focusing on, the big innovation of the whole league here. Mm-hmm. Um, the league has come to terms that they will never be getting the best players. So they're trying to enhance on-field action and it's vital to the viewers for it to be captivating, right, for anybody to pay attention. Um, kickoffs, play calls, hearing from players immediately after a play, which I thought was completely the wrong move. Oh, no, I um, thought that was mad funny. I thought it was a little much. Uh, the quality of play obviously must get better. But as far as the kickoff goes, the kicker, as of now, must boot from his own 25 while his 10 teammates stand at the opponent opponent's 35. I thought this was a much safer move. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL decided to adopt it. It's funny because I think they actually do it to make people return more Mm -hmm. from what I understand, which is is not. So it's quicker. Well, right. I mean, the NFL has tried to kill kickoff returns pretty much entirely. but Because because they haven't found a way that... You know, one safe, it, yeah. that that minimizes risk with right. it. I think that's a good way to do it. I mean, it. and what comes with that too is, hey, look, if we're not if we're doing shorter, that means no onside kicks. Mm-hmm. That means they're gone. But I mean, just a little stat for that too: onside kicks in the 2018-2019 seasons combined, only 12 of 114 attempts were recovered by the kicking team. Yeah, it's that's not a good so. It's like it, yeah. what what a you loss can do, is that? They also, is it is it the XFL where you have fourth and fifteen instead of an onside kick? Yeah. Um, that's innovative. I like that. I don't know. What do you think about that, Jewel? Of what? Fourth and fifteen instead of an instead onside of an because you just said like the onside kicks like they're not. You probably have this, no chance. But you, you get probably it. have the it's amount about the same odds of getting a fourth and fifteen. Do you do unless you play the Eagles? I think so. I would. I don't know because I do think the onside kicks keep the game interesting too. There's I think they're entertaining because yeah. it's like a little bit of hope there's you have. There's a little have. bit of rush to like, it. Yeah, they might There's do a it. rush for That's sure. That's true. The play calling was interesting too because I noticed like, okay, look, you, you have like an inside scoop on the game, kind of like Tony Romer. That's why he's so good at what he does because he gives you kind of like that behind the scenes, like what's going on. Um, hearing from the players, why do you like that? I think it's too much. Because it, uh, it's what the XFL is. It's a raw league, raw emotion. You just play to it. Like That's what the XFL is, so I don't During mind. During the Seattle Dragons much. DC Defenders game, an F-bomb was dropped too. Um, I hey, mean... I saw. I feel like you're play- taking away from the player's focus, though, during the game when it's every two seconds. I feel like that's so annoying. There's something to be said for it, but it's, uh, I mean, they kind it's like it's like WWE mixed with football. Like, we, they, um, they want that. Got to talk. Well, I, I didn't talk to him, but... Uh, brought on one of the podcasts that I produced, Marquette King, or Mar- excuse me, Marquette King. Is it Marquette? So they Dude, asked what? him about Marquette? it. It's not. It's no. It's and Marquette King. It's so he Marquette. said <laughs> that he had been he gone by Marquette King for his entire NFL career, and then he's been asking people to address him as Marquette. And then when he asked about it, he's like, "Well, I don't know. Some days I'm Marquette, and some days if I'm I'm just not feeling like myself, I'm Marquette." And they were like, "What's well, so, like? Which one is it?" <laughs> He's like, that really depends. Yeah. Like he, he didn't give a straight answer. He's a funny guy and obviously very talented, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I don't know why he's not in the NFL, but 
Cool right. story, cool guy. So obviously this league, the quality of the play must be better. And there's something that I also noticed here. Between college and NFL, they don't. The XFL right now doesn't have a history. They don't have nostalgia. Like you, you see me out here rooting for Notre Dame because my dad went to Notre Dame. I think it's going to be really tough for them to kind of climb uphill in this one. I don't think it, it's impossible to be done, but I, I think it's going to be. Well, time will tell. You know, we'll All see right. what happens. All right. So moving on to the Mookie Betts trade. Um, I think it's only right to start out uh, this portion of the segment just pointing out um, my favorite part of this seg- segment. Bobbleheads are now available in L.A. for Mookie Betts, and I think that's really cool that they're already jumping on the gun because this happened a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look, that, that guy is a top-five player in baseball. and He's officially a Dodger. I cannot believe they I, – I, I, it blows my mind that they traded one of the best players in the league because you don't want to pay the last, him. The last time the Red Sox, yeah, I beat you to it. I beat you to it. The last time the Red Sox traded an MVP, a former MVP before his 25th birthday was Babe Ruth, wasn't it? I was not going to say that. Oh, oh he got that's, a, that's a stat Matt didn't know. Um, I am a very new bandwagon Liverpool fan. The Red Sox owners own Liverpool. They could be saving money to get Kylian Mbappe. So here's my point about that, Matt. How Mbappe leave PSG? Oh boy, he stated stuff about yeah. he like his the French league is really uncompetitive. So that's great, but uh, if they own two major, major, major sports teams, I think they have a little bit of cash to throw around. And the reason that you want these guys is to keep them long term. Like that's like your hope. Like oh, I hope we develop a guy so we get the opportunity to pay him, and he can never wear another jersey ever. And in and baseball, the Red Sox you sign, let him, let him you, you sign ten prospects. plus year contracts in baseball. I was just uh, when Mookie Betts originally signed his one year deal, and then it, they had to go to arbitration for a one year deal. That's never a good sign. Like two two sides can't reach an agreement on one year. Like that's that's a really bad sign. I think like it obviously just being on social media, it quite obviously isn't sitting well with a lot of Boston fans. But I just want Boston fans to keep in mind that the truth of the matter here is the issue is people are associating the trade of Mookie with the failure of the entire season and already jumping to conclusions. Like, it's too early for that, dude. Like, when we got Bryce Harper, we were like, we've got it. And look where that freaking got us. You know what I mean? We've won 12 titles since 2001. They should shut up. And not to mention, the Angels have trout every year. And look look how they are. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, just, you just never know. Um, I think just to end about the baseball, Boston's problem is the pitching. It was the issue before Mookie was even traded. And who went in to deal with Mookie? Right, David, David Price. Price is gone too. So they, they, just diminished they don't have any Chris legitimate Sale's starters of himself. that like, they yeah. can rely on at the moment. Nah, and it's crazy because Chris Sale's done too. All right, last but not least, the Miles Garrett <laughs> incident. Um, he was reinstated today um, hey. from an indefinite suspension, missing final six games of the last season for uh, his brawl in for week 11. His defense at the time. I don't time, know why I thought of it. It was funny. Yeah, I mean, listen, that 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 was really ugly. And and he said he was set off by a racial slur made by uh, Rudolph himself. Um, during his ban, he was also ordered to kind of undergo counseling, among a bunch of other things. All in all, going into last year, um, I know we were all kind of spitting around the table here. I kind of said to myself, I thought Cle- Cleveland was going to go in as a powerhouse. And... Listen, we live in an age that there's so much outside critique and criticism. I almost feel like it filters into the player's ability to play with the high expectations and their mentality. Uh, 
I think the real issue here is the Browns need to manage the players' personalities on the team a whole lot better because Facts. look who the Browns have. OBJ, Facts. Baker, who don't know how to keep their mouth shut. Freddie Kitchens, you could argue, didn't even have a grasp on this team in that aspect when that happened. Talk to if him. that happened on Bill Belichick's turf, you would have a one-way ticket out of Dude, not only a one-way ticket, you would go to the worst team in the league. You'd be right. on the Dolphins. He would make sure. He would make <laughs> he sure. You're on the Dolphins. Look, he would make that shit hurt. I, yeah. I think that if the XFL was smart, they would offer like a like super bag to Miles Garrett and just have him do that shit like every and game be, and be like, "Yo, you're allowed to do that shit here." You <laughs> yeah, I mean, whoever you want. Yeah. To sum up, though, it is a new season. He's back. New coach welcoming in. Uh, Kevin Stefanski. Am I saying that yeah, right? Yeah. Kevin Stefanski. Fresh star. Uh, look, as I get older, I'm kind of into second chances. We'll see what he's got. And let's not forget, Miles Garrett is yeah, a, he's a phenomenal all player. pro he's defensive really, end. Really like, he is a very good player. He keeps his head on straight. And he had one incident. Like, he was starting to, like, you know, get a little bit of out of bounds before the Mason Rudolph thing happened, but he had one bad incident that really shouldn't define his whole career, which has yeah. been a very good one. He did so call far. himself a pacifist, so maybe it's not in its cards. Maybe it's not who he is. I don't know. You get triggered by stuff. Yeah. Well, it's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. Till next week, fam. I'll be talking to you. All right. That was a gr- great Jewel weekly wrap to wrap up the episode. James, let's head into the countdown with number five. Number five, the amount of managers on the Red Sox since 2004. Ron Roenick is the fifth one. Three of the Red Sox last four managers have won a World Series in their first season. Can he do it taking over from for Alex Cora? Well, if he cheats like Alex Cora <laughs> did, then yeah, I mean, maybe he can. I don't know. Wait, going on that, going on a little tangent, going on that whole Astros scandal, did you hear that the Astros came out and said Carlos Beltran was the spearhead of that scandal and they felt powerless to go against him uh yes the tyrannical carlos Beltran. <laughs> how could i cross him yo i was like i've never heard something like that before they're looking powerless for to stop they say we felt the defenseless against them wow number four number of players on the dodgers that have either won an mvp or cy young that's bellinger mookie betts kershaw and david price uh yeah, they I mean like like we just said they added a shit ton of talent to their already talented roster. I remember last when we sitting here last March talking about how stacked the Dodgers were and we said let's just wait and see what they do in the playoffs. Yep. And I'm gonna say it again like I don't care like <laughs> I don't care until you get to the playoffs. Yeah absolutely. Number three, the number of players in NBA history with 18,000 career points, 9,000 career assists, and 2,000 career steals. It's a very exclusive club. John Stockton, Chris Paul, and now LeBron James mm. of this past week. I mean, I he'll keep just, climbing. That, yeah, he might be. He's found g- that stat, of course I found that stat, Matt. And immediately when I found it, I made sure to go to the countdown because I got my LeBron stat in there, of course. Number two. Number of times UNC had a 95% chance to win against Duke with 28 seconds to go in the second half and with 41 seconds to go in overtime. I mean, look, it, they might have had that chance, but Roy Williams himself said this is not a talented group of players. Yeah, remember when he said that? We had that on Speaking Facts. So, I mean, really, should we look at this as just a plus for UNC? I don't know. Yeah, uh, they, 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 Duke is ranked number seventh in the country. They almost beat them. Right. So like, after a terrible they season. They missed their chance at the one happy moment they could have. That's, yeah, it's true. That's very true. Pessimist stat, Matt. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> the number of players in NBA history to go scoreless directly after posting <clears throat> back-to-back 30-point games. It's your good old boy, the Turkish delight, Firkin Korkmaz. Mother Firkin Korkmaz, baby. Yeah. He's back down to earth. Uh, I guess the Clippers were like, all right, yeah, that guy, That's he's enough. not scoring 30. 
That's enough. against yeah, us. She's not scoring a point against us. Well, okay, you get it against the Bulls. Who was the game before? Uh, Grizzlies, I believe. So two subpar teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but I mean, it's still impressive. Yeah, that's true. That's he also true. dropped 40 in a summer league game, so it's in him. It's in Quirk Maz. All right, we're almost out of time uh, for this episode of Straight Facts, but we can get some shots about the buzzer. Julie, do you have anything to say at the buzzer? I'm going to ask this question directly to you. To me? That's uh, it? Not me this time. And I have reasoning behind this. Uh, oh, God. Where do you think Phil Rivers is going to go in free agency? Because uh, Jake and I think uh, that he may be slipping into a... Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mr. Uh, <laughs> James Winston just got laser cigar oh, surgery. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I love Phil. Phil Rivers is my guy. Hall of Famer, okay? The best quarterback no. in Chargers well, franchise Fran, Fran, <laughs> franchise history. I do not want to sign Phil Rivers. He's if I'm in the Bucks the territory. Hey, Buccaneers, please do not sign <laughs> Phil Rivers. I only think you guys think that because you want to see me miserable. Would you be younger. okay with it if they drafted a quarterback high and it was just like a one year you're going to learn under, a great all-time quarterback, and then you're going to be our starter when we have more support yeah, behind who you? who are we drafting at 14? He's only going to be in for another two years, he said. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, who drafted at 14? That. I don't want to do like Justin Herbert. You can move up if you really like someone. I don't know. That was just a hypothetical. Yes, but I, I don't or want you, that. Or I'm he's cool. just a stopgap and um, you sign and get true. Herbert or uh, uh, Lawrence. Retain for another year and get and get Trevor Lawrence. I'm I'm cool with Jameis's eight LASIK eye surgery. They said one of the biggest things is that he couldn't see. He got it in the offseason. So like let's I don't know. I'm 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 grabbing so that straw here, he's man. Where do you think he's gonna go? Answer um, my question. Where do you legitimately think he's gonna go? If if Tom Brady leaves the Patriots, he goes to the Patriots. Wow. That'd be funny. I don't think he's got, I don't think Brady's oh, okay. going anywhere. But. I don't think Brady's going anywhere. Either. You have anything to say at the buzzer? Uh no. Aside from <laughs> No, this is like when Matt didn't have something to say. You can't not have anything to say at the buzzer. It's a Valentine's, like the first episode Valentine's like, Day is in two days. There we go. And just know I'm gonna be scrambling. Because I have Sarah, not are you well listening? No. Yeah, like Sarah. 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 Sarah's not listening this deep into the podcast. I hope you work We're in open water, Sarah, boys <laughs> and girls. Sarah, uh, if you're listening, it's about um, minute 59 to an hour of the podcast. Just tune in now to know that your boyfriend don't just have understand. shit planned. No, just understand. I'll put it all together in the end so it won't matter. That's, there you go. There you go. That's very true. Man, fake it till you make it. Um, all, what I have to say at the buzzer is it didn't make it into Jules Weekly wrap-up, but it's something that I saw this past week that happened. You know Kevin Hart's coldest ball segment, right, where, yeah. he, where he you know brings athletes and, and um, celebrities into you know a, a tub of ice and kind of interviews them. So he had J.R. Smith on this past week. I don't know if you guys saw this, but he talked about the, the 2018 NBA Finals and the famous moment where Jr. Uh, seemed to have you know forgot forget the score and Kevin Hart was was kind of going on about it and kind of saying like you didn't actually you know forget the score what happened no it actually came out that like Jr. legit forgot the time situation and score that he was in he said he grabbed the rebound and his head said game to himself let's go we got we secured the game one win in Golden State in Golden State and I got the rebound to do it and then looked up and saw LeBron look at him with that infamous look. That must be a really bad feeling. And quickly realized that he made a grave, grave that mistake. That meme still goes around to oh, this dude, day. It's so to this day. But to watch, all of our listeners and all of our viewers, please go watch his Coldest Ball segment because him and Kevin Hart legit start crying because not, like it's three years removed from that now. Two years removed from that now. Do you think that's that the now. first time he admitted though? that? Like, yes, he, out loud, yes. Yeah. And I think it's hilarious now because now we don't have to sit here and be like, you know, hypotheticals. Oh, maybe he forgot the score or maybe this, maybe. No, like JR actually <laughs> forgot the score of an NBA Finals game. Now the real the real question is, was he high during Probably. the game? Probably. Uh, it's fourth quarter, so maybe not, but... Oh, 
Oh, he actually <laughs> forgot the score. My goodness. But that's all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a long one, but it was a good one. Big ups to Greg Barron, Kyle Sobieski, and Stat Matt for doing what they do. For my partner, Joel Schmitz. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. To my main man, Jake Gallagher, I am James Jackson, and these have been the facts. Straight up. So, so, so.